Hey everybody, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham and we're back with another week talking about what's happening in the life of our church, answering any questions, have a time of prayer over the needs in our church, as well as in the podcast as we do every episode with a worship song. A lot of times we're doing new worship songs, so I encourage you to listen all the way through to the end. And if you listen on speed, speed and a half or double speed, uh, you always got to slow down for for the worship song because it's weird to listen to a worship song twice as fast as it was written. So hopefully you've had a great week. Uh, we at River Valley started a brand new series a series on stewardship. And so hopefully you were in church and got to hear a teaching on the tithe. And I love personally that we do this every single year, just take a couple weeks teaching on how God would have uh, how God would have us steward what he gives us. And that actually matters, not just in the area of finance, but the gifts that he's given us, the personalities that he, that he gives us, the responsibility with our family and in the workplace. How should we steward our lives? When you give your life to Jesus, you give them your whole life. And so anything less than that is easy. And so love that Pastor Rob's teaching on the tie this coming weekend. Pastor Rob will be teaching plan, vision, dream. And so what does it look like to give above and beyond? What does it look like to live a generous life? And I hope he talks about the New Testament church. New Testament church was extremely generous extremely generous beyond the tithe. And so uh, I love that we're here today in, in 2024, and we want to be a church that lives extremely generous. I want to be an individual, uh, a Christ follower, a son of the living God who is extremely generous. And so uh, excited for this weekend, and he's got some great stories that he'll also share. I had the opportunity this last weekend to be up in Vancouver, And I got to tell you, it was amazing to hear them say, welcome to River Valley Church. And if you didn't know, or if you missed kind of Miss Vision Weekend, um, or if you haven't been around for a while, we we have a brand new location up in Vancouver. And so if you're ever traveling up near Seattle, it's two hours north of Seattle. And if you're up going to Whistler or going to do some skiing or some hiking up there uh, in the Vancouver area, and you're over on a weekend, please visit our church, River Valley, Vancouver, and uh, had the opportunity to share. uh, I I was uh, preaching this weekend in Vancouver, the daily salvations, day by day, the Lord added to their number, those who were being saved, and talking about we we need more power, not just for ourselves, but we need more power for more people. And so love Pastor Bish and Haley. Actually, they're they're getting ready any day now. She's overdue, but uh, any day now about to have their second child. Um, and so celebrating with Pastor Bish and Haley and their team. It was an incredible time in the presence of God, uh, worshiping together and seeing all that God is doing in Vancouver. There's a lot of new people coming. Uh, Since the last time I've been there last fall, a lot of new people coming. So their location is growing, reaching more people, and there's a great vision for the future of Canada. 
would love to be able to answer some questions here. Uh, a lot of people sending more and more questions, which I absolutely love. If you follow River Valley MN almost every week, they'll throw out a little question uh, or an opportunity, a prompt for questions saying, does anybody have a question for the River Valley podcast? And so we'll, we'll just do this. Um, I haven't even read all these, but I'll, I'll just go one by one. Uh, I'm going to start with a question from my wife. She asked the River Valley podcast, <laughs> What are your Valentine's Day plans? Okay, here's a reminder for all of the husbands. Valentine's Day, it comes every February. It's it's happening and just encourage you, make a plan. I got to get my ducks in a row because my wife is now asking our church Instagram account what our Valentine's Day plans are. And so um, I do know this, we're going to Pittsburgh Blue and we're going to eat the best dessert of all time. We're going to eat cheesecake with strawberry sauce. Their cheesecake doesn't even come with a crust. That's how good it is. Doesn't need the crust. A lot of times uh, a cake, you know, or or a pie, the crust is what kind of makes or break it, breaks it. This cheesecake at Pittsburgh Blue is so good. It does not require a crust. And so um, excited to celebrate Valentine's Day with my wife and celebrate my daughters and my children. And uh, Kaylee actually always does a great job just making it special for our kids, having a special breakfast. And we we utilize Valentine's Day in our family to really love on our children, to express words of affirmation and to let them know, look them in the eye. We, we do it every day, but especially on Valentine's Day, go, go a little bit big. Um, I get flowers, not just for my wife, but also for my daughters and teaching. Uh, here's, here's a quick story, actually. I know that this isn't fair because it's my wife's my wife's question first, and so we're delaying everybody else's questions. We'll get there, but just a quick story. Kaylee does not; she does not really love flowers. You know, some people are flowers people. You know, like really love the gift of flowers. That is not my wife, but I decided uh, in my heart, in my head, now that we've got twin boys that we're raising, that I am on special occasions going to get Kaylee flowers, even though it's not like the thing that she loves. I, I get her a gift card and other things that she genuinely loves, but I use it as an opportunity to teach our boys how to treat a lady and get bringing home some flower, some nice flowers to Kaylee. She does appreciate it. It's not like she hates flowers. She appreciates it and it makes our home more beautiful. Um, just it's a reminder every day as our kids walk by it. Hey, dad brought home flowers to mom. And so trying to just set a, an example, even for our boys and, and I guess also for our daughters, how they should be treated as they grow older, much older and eventually start dating, uh, and one day get married, that they should have a man in their life that treats them well and uh, maybe brings home flowers. Okay, so my wife is sneaking in uh, doing, uh, she could have just asked me, but that's all good. Here's a question uh, from Jennifer. She's asking, I'm curious as to what the biblical belief is about cremation versus burial. I have aging parents and may have to embrace this decision. So um, end-of-life decisions are always tough, and um, especially if something happens sudden, you're now answering questions that you've never had to ask before. And as a pastor, helping families through the process of planning a funeral or a celebration of life ceremony and also a burial um, 
this is it's it, it it's abrupt and it, it's tough. You know, are we going to cremate? Are we going to choose uh, to bury? And then you're you're having to pick a casket and you're looking at the price of all this and it's like you know this is this is more expensive than we thought did we plan well and you're you just feel like am i am i making the right decision i got to put my loved one in this box and should i get the cheapest one that that feels cheap should i you know should we splurge but i don't know if we have the resources to do that you know and I, I understand the pressure-packed moments. I love that actually Jennifer's asking the question uh, beforehand, you know, just kind of preparing her thoughts and, and getting her heart ready for the eventuality because we, unless Jesus comes back, um, we, will all one, we, we will all die. Um, that's just the truth. And for those of us in Christ, it's we close our eyes on this side and we open our eyes in heaven. And so um, it's not as scary as, it, as a lot of people believe it to be, but the biblical the biblical belief uh, you know just just so you know here's what we believe about uh human personhood that just like our god is three in one god the father god the son god the holy spirit three in one we have been created in the image of god and human personhood we are three in one in the sense that we are body soul spirit and the way that God originally intended it in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, when there was no sin, uh, he created humans to live forever, uh, body, soul, spirit, and living for all eternity. And when Adam and Eve sinned, that brought death, and the wages of sin is death. And what is death? Death is the separation of your soul and spirit from your body, your physical body. And your soul is mind, will, and emotions. Uh, it's, yeah, we don't need to do a full teaching on this, but your, your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. And the spirit, your spirit is the, it is your unique essence, your unique personhood. It is who you are from when God created you now for all eternity in heaven or hell for those that don't know Jesus, uh, your spirit. And then your body is your physical body. And so the way that it was originally intended is that we would live forever, body, soul, spirit connected. But death came and soul and spirit separated from the body. And so what we believe as Christ followers and biblically is when a loved one or when anyone dies, their soul and spirit has now been separated from their body. It doesn't mean we should disrespect the body, um, but we do believe that your loved one is no longer in that body. And your loved one, if they love Jesus, they are now fully, completely in the presence of God with a resurrected body, a new body, a heavenly body. And so your loved one is no longer in that shell to kind of say it crassly, like you, the, your loved one is no longer in that body. And that does not mean we should disrespect it or disregard, but we are totally comfortable as Christ followers with choosing either cremation or burial. And I know a lot of people make different decisions for themselves um, so that they don't put a burden on their family or loved ones after they go and they choose uh, the desire to be cremated uh, because it's just, 
uh, maybe less of a financial burden or less of a hassle or the thought of being in a box in the ground. You know, they're not, not that they are there, but it just, you know, for some people, they, they don't like that. And then for other people, they don't like the thought of, you know, burning their body into ashes. And so then they choose burial. And so just want you to know, Jennifer, that either option is okay and you don't have to feel guilty. It's just, you, you will ride the waves of grief and you get to make your decision and it's okay to ask your loved one, you know, what, what is their desire and let them speak to it um, because it is the shell that they lived in while they were here on earth. Um, but they're no longer there and uh, soul and spirit and new heavenly body with Jesus forever. Great question. Uh, here's another question from Hunter Allison. How do you put money aside or how, how do you put aside money to give to the tithe? And uh, that's a really great question. I would just, I'd probably phrase it different only because the tithe is the first fruits and there's scripture, uh, not just about first fruits, but also seeking first the kingdom of God and, and in the area of your finances, tithing is a way to seek first the kingdom of God, that you don't put money aside to tithe, you actually tithe first. And so uh, maybe that even just helps your perspective that it's totally trusting God that as you tithe first, um, and there's different ways to do it. You can, uh, you know, you can set it aside waiting for the weekend, I guess. Uh, that makes sense. Like if you're coming to church and you're bringing your tithe and that's great and good, but uh, many people, uh, over 70% of our church gives online and so give digitally and many, many of those 70%. Uh, have automated giving. And so um, it's just as, as soon as they get paid, it's automatic that 10% of their income goes to the local church that they're planted in. And for us, it would be uh, the campus that they attend. And so uh, it goes first, it's fully trusting God that the remaining 90%, God will make a way uh, that the remaining 90% will be more than enough for you to live on. And um, it, it, it's a longer thing. I just encourage everybody to listen to Pastor Rob's uh, tithing message from this last weekend. Uh, but we don't put money aside to tithe. We tithe first. And so um, hopefully that makes sense. It's not a savings account. It's not a stockpile uh, because there's also within that the temptation then if an emergency happens, you know, the tithe is not set aside that could also be used for an emergency fund. Nope, I give it to God. And that is a step of faith. Tithing is a step of faith that God, you are my source. I put you first. I give you the tithe and help me steward the remaining 90%, bless it and multiply it. Let it go further than it could have if I had kept all 100% on my own. Uh, God, let your hand of blessing be on my life. Um, so that the 90% is more than enough for what I need. And so uh, hopefully that makes sense to Hunter. Great question. Um, all right, let's uh, go to Haley. Haley Highsmith, great question here. What was the most powerful miracle God has done in your life? Oh, man, that's a great question. Outside of salvation, because uh, I'll just say that, um, outside of salvation, a couple different things. When I was in high school, I was running from the Lord, and I shared a little bit of that last week on the podcast of just my one minute 
witness and uh, sharing just who I was before Christ, my turning point, and what happened after I made the decision. I, I would say the most powerful miracle. Um, I mean, I'm thinking a lot of things, you know, miracle, the, the miracle of salvation, miracle of marriage, miracle of seeing our four kids born um, and healthy. Those are all, those are all pretty amazing. But when I think about it also, I think when I was running from the Lord, I, I have an addictive personality and I was, I was addicted to sinful things. And so I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, and I had begged the Lord for years in my teenage years, Lord, set me free. Lord, set me free. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep uh, being drawn to this. I don't want to fall into temptation. And I would fall and fall and fall again. And it wasn't until um, when I was 18, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And that year and over the over the next couple of years, I made a personal conviction to be in the Word of God every day. I had not been doing that when I was in high school, and and to be honest, I wasn't doing that when I was in middle school or elementary. Like, I had not had a personal conviction to read the Bible every single day to really go after it, and that became a a good, healthy spiritual discipline and habit in my life, and. I realized I, I was connecting the dots along this process that the Lord is setting me free from addiction. The Lord is setting me free and and making me stronger to withstand temptation. And so when I think about the most powerful miracle, it was something that I prayed for years. Lord set me free from addiction and reading the word of God God did a miracle in my life and transformed me and completely set me free. So through daily Bible reading, God did a miracle in my life. All right, Jenna Gomer asked this question. How do we as Christians handle stress correctly? Uh, Great question. Everybody has stress. And I'll say this, God made you to be under a certain amount of tension. He made you to be under a certain amount of tension. Why do I say that? God made you to be a problem solver, to be a hard worker, to accomplish a mission, to um, to go out every single day, to use your mind, to use the power of the Holy Spirit, to reach those for Jesus, to do well in the workplace, uh, to parent uh, and give energy in your family. God made you to be under a certain amount of tension. With all of that stuff, to be who God created to be, there's a certain amount of tension. I think about it like a rubber band. And I heard this example from Pastor Choco De Jesus when he came to River Valley. He did an all-staff meeting and he shared with our team, uh, you are like a rubber band. There's a certain amount of tension that a rubber band was made for. And think about a rubber band sitting in a drawer, not wrapped around anything. So it's not under tension. That rubber band is unfulfilled. It's not doing what it was created to do. But also think about a rubber band that is under too much tension and then it snaps and it, and it breaks. Everybody has a breaking point, but also everybody has a purpose. I remember my dad, he pastored uh, for, for 25 or 30 years as a lead pastor and then transitioned out of uh, being a lead pastor to North Central University, downtown Minneapolis. And 
the rhythm of his life started to change. He used to have Sunday service every every seven days. He had to come up with a message, uh, plan a sermon series, uh, and the turnaround was every seven days, every seven days for 25 or 30 years. And then he goes to North Central and he has the summers off. He has, he has three months off. And there's little work here and there, but for the most part, there is a breathing time in in the rhythm of being an educator or in higher education in the academic world. And so I asked him in his first summer off between being a lead pastor and then stepping in at North Central, I said, how's it going? Like, what what's it like, a different rhythm? And he said, no stress. And then he followed it up after a pause and said, and I also am struggling to feel fulfillment. And that really struck me. No stress could equal no fulfillment because you're made to be a leader. You're made to make a difference. You're made to be on mission. That being said, the Bible also says, be anxious about nothing. And so I think there is, uh, you know, sometimes when people ask the question about stress, they're also talking about worry, which is... um, uh, which is really thinking about, I've heard this, worry is thinking about the past, anxiety is thinking about the future. And you're not in the present saying, God, thank you for what you've given me right now today. You are my source. You are all I need. Um, and 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 so maybe that, maybe that helps you is just living in the present. That helps a Christian handle stress. But I'll also say this, healthy habits, healthy spiritual disciplines. And uh, I love this, this saying, I forget who said it, but spiritual disciplines are all about freedom. If spiritual disciplines don't bring greater freedom into your life, then you're doing it wrong. Um, if, if it's become a box to check or legalism, or uh, I'm trying to earn something, or I'm trying to measure up, uh, all of that is the wrong way to approach spiritual discipline. But spiritual disciplines can help you handle stress better. I talked about Bible reading, can talk about time of prayer, can talk about journalism. I can talk about scripture memorization and meditation. I can talk about simplicity or solitude. Some great resources would be um, The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Uh, I also love this book. It's not necessarily spiritual discipline, but it's also about not just pursuing the spotlight of life, but being okay in the background, in the shadows. It's a book called Anonymous, uh, and I forget the author's name uh, off the top of my head. Uh, but those are some great ways. Separately from that are practical things that that are spiritual in nature just because this is – it's something that God – um, it, it is a biblical way to make sure that you are working hard six days, but you are also having a day of rest or a Sabbath day, a day of totally resting and worshiping uh, the Lord and and just celebrating God's good in, goodness in your life. Also questions that my dad always asked me when I was under stress, are you getting enough sleep? How are you eating? Are you eating healthy? Are you getting your heart rate up every single day? Are you, you know, at least for 30 minutes a day, are you getting your heart rate up? These are things that are going to help you handle stress. Are you staying hydrated? Are you drinking enough water? Um, it's funny. I, my wife, uh, she said this statement. She's like, there's sometimes I go to bed at night and I think, did I drink any water today? Um, and that's not a good thing. So um, those are practical things that you can build into your life that I think would be really great in helping you handle stress. I hope that helps you. And uh, going to just one last question here before we before we close out. 
Uh, Dave Ritzman says this, what is your guidance to those called to the marketplace to advance the gospel or the church? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I serve as a pastor, and so I'm, I am uh, in vocational ministry, and so I don't have the opportunity to be in the marketplace, although I do have the opportunity to live in this world. I, I'm going to give, you know, the guidance or my response to this question. Dave, you already do it well. I know you, and, and I know that you're living it out. But I'd say to anybody that's out there in the marketplace, really focusing first and foremost, are you living it out? There's nothing worse than preaching the gospel as a hypocrite. And so um, are you living it out? Are you salt and light in this world? How is your countenance? Are you smiling? Are you joyful? How's your work ethic? Do you show up late or do you show up early? Do you work hard even when nobody's asking you to work hard, but you're doing it as unto the Lord. You're bringing your whole self into the workplace as if you were serving the Lord in every big task, in every small task, in every public task, and in every private uh, task. Um, are you seeking the credit for everything that you do, or are you willing and able to give the credit away to others that also participated, but also giving glory to the Lord? Hey, yes, I did that. I solved that problem, and I did it in the strength of the Lord. God helped me. I was looking for wisdom. I was looking for the right decision, and in prayer, while I prayed and sought the Lord, he gave me the answer and the direction. Do you use language like that, or is your language very similar to the language of the world? These are things that I think about that are going to set you apart. People will know as you live that way, people will know that there's something different about your life. And even the way that you talk about it, they're going to know that it's Jesus in you. You're a Christ follower. You're a Christian. You are different. Even just that is so powerful. The Holy Spirit is doing things behind the scenes as you just live that out. But also, are you intentional in thinking, God, are you going to have me share today? Who are you going to have me pray for today? Who are you going to have me share with? God, give me a prophetic word for somebody. Lord, give me a word of knowledge. Give me a word of wisdom for somebody's life to build them up and edify them. Use me in a miraculous way. Lord, is somebody sick? Does somebody need healing? Can I pray and not just see them get better over time, but to see them get better immediately and to see a miracle in the workplace. Uh, it, it also, here's a question that I have. Are you not just earning your salary, but are you... Um, are you growing your company? You being on staff, are you growing it? Is it advancing? We're not just here trying to grow the church, but you being effective in the workplace, being one of the best in your position, are you growing your business? Are you making that type of difference? That is going to set you apart as a Christ follower and open more doors to sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Dave, huge thanks for that uh, that question, and I'm going to get to a couple prayer requests. I just I always love opening the opening the River Valley app and looking at some of the prayer requests that are coming in here. I'm praying for Thomas, saying God grant me understanding, clarity, and wisdom. Love that. Praying for Wendy. Didn't sleep much last night. Please pray that I have energy to go through today and tomorrow at work. Praying for Mason. Uh, actually, this is a praise report. Husband is doing much better today. I'm feeling great as well. The Lord is good. Awesome. Praying for Jeremy. My prayer is to know him more each day and draw closer to him. Continue to draw closer to him for strength, peace, gentleness, mercy. Most importantly, pure love. Awesome. Carmel. 
Praise God, thankful for yesterday's bread and blessing. Continue to humble me so that the Holy Spirit is amplified. Soften the hearts of Elabel and Nova and pray that they know their identity in the kingdom. Awesome. Praying for Kate, asking for prayers for my brother David. He's struggling mentally and physically. Avi is uh, praying for anxiety and and ticks. uh, and I'm sure it's not the bug, uh, but with anxiety sometimes is ticks, like um, things that, that you can't physically control. But the Lord can heal that, I believe. Um, praying for uh, Tomicia, and I, I, hopefully I pronounced your name correctly. Please pray to soften my heart as we plan to have a conversation with the in-laws who haven't uh, who we haven't been on talking terms in four plus years. So plan- praying that God would restore uh, that relationship. And so there's many, many more prayer requests, but just encourage you to go on the River Valley app and and pray over those needs as well and submit your own praise report or prayer request. Love that our church, we can pray together for each other. Lord, we thank you that you are able to meet every single need. I pray right now for healing of anxiety and ticks over the person that's asking for prayer. I pray for restoration in this family that is gonna go talk to their in-laws. Lord, I pray for a miracle in that relationship that you would bring this family closer together again. Lord, we ask that you would heal, you would provide, you would comfort, you would give the fruit of the Spirit over our church, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You would give the gifts of the Spirit. You would fill our church with a fire to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I'm just, as I'm praying, just feel prompted, Lord, you're asking us, who are we going to share with this week? Who are we going to share with this week? God, put people in front of us. I pray that we would pay attention to who is in our way while we are on our way. And I pray that we would step out in faith and with boldness to meet needs and to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. There was a time I'd seen it all Thought the life doesn't get any better But my joy would depend on the weather
Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.